0: CHAPTER NINE OF THE RAT RACE BY J. FRANKLIN This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Say, old man, what happened to your hand? Graham Lawson, plump, dark, and forty-ish, but very clean-cut and with a dewy dab on his upper lip, was my questioner. He sat across the glass top desk in my Wall Street office, while Arthur Jean Briggs typed demurely in the adjoining office. Changing razor blades, I confessed. "'The damn thing slipped, and before I knew it, I made a grab for it. "'Lucky it didn't go deep, hence the surgical gauze and the lousy signature. "'Do you think you can get my check cleared through the bank, "'or should I write Winnie X. Tompkins, his mark?' "'Wasson chuckled like a well-fed broker. <laughs> "'We'll get enough witnesses to your John Hancock to make it legal,' he promised. "'Now what you've got to do is ease old Lady Finch into the trustee's delight.' "'and take a gander at her former investments. "'I brought the list with me. "'As you know, she insisted that you okay the deal.' "'I glanced at the typed list. "'This stuff looks pretty good to me, Graham,' I said. "'Detroit Edison's safe as the Washington Monument. "'AT&T is solid. "'And GE ought to do all right with this new electronic stuff.' "'And how,' my partner agreed. "'Boy, what a windfall.' Stuff like that is scarcer than hen's teeth on the open market. With close to a million bucks to turn over, we ought to do pretty well on this. Here's what we're buying for. Watson passed me a slip of paper. The trustees' delight, he said. G bonds. You buy 'em? We should worry. No money back for ten years. Morgenthau's dream child. The slip was attached to a printed treasury form. See here i pointed out these damn bonds depreciate two point two per cent a year for the first five years and then start climbing up the ladder again and they're not transferable that's it winnie the trustees delight wasson agreed they pay two and a half per cent a year if you hold them but if you try to sell them within five years the discount means you only get about three hundreds of a percent on your money once a trustee has put you aboard this roller coaster, he can't conscientiously advise you to get out. Who dreamed up that swindle? Oh, a couple of dollar-a-year bankers we sent down to help the Treasury win the war. It's a natural. It's patriotic to invest in war bonds. The yield's conservative as hell, and you get it all back if you wait long enough. But what if the old girl dies within the next five years? Won't the estate be liquidated?' how will the heirs feel when they have to take a loss of sixty thousand dollars that's their worry winnie wasson pointed out all we have to do is sign the papers and la finch gets about twenty five thousand dollars a year for the rest of her life instead of the forty thousand dollars a year she's getting out of her present investments now sure winnie we're not in the business for our health industrials are risky "'And Miss Finch is awful set on beating Hitler. "'We take over her present portfolio "'and take our chances on the market. "'If values shift, we're in a position to unload, but fast. "'She isn't. "'She only gets to town twice a year, "'once between Bar Harbor and Long Island, "'and then next time from Palm Beach to Long Island. "'Come on, Winnie, stick your fist on those papers, "'and I'll handle the transfers.' "'I shook my head.' "'I'd like to think this over,' I said. "'If I was an old woman and expected only five or ten more years of life, "'I'd be hanged if I'd tie myself down to these financial mustard plasters. "'It sounds okay to be patriotic, "'but I think I'd stick to the greater risks and higher yields "'and get a run for my money. "'Tell you what, Graham, "'you phone and tell her I'd like to have a talk with her "'before she makes up her mind.' "'Wasson shoved back his chair and faced me, bristling.' i'll be damned if i will this is a natural and handled right is worth a hundred thousand dollars to the firm you talked her into it and now if you're getting cold feet you can talk her out of it all i know is that you've gone nuts we aren't so hard up that we have to swindle old ladies swindle my eye what's wrong about twenty five thousand dollars a year guaranteed by your uncle sam less income tax i reminded him Oh, sure, that. Well, it's about $15,000 a year less than she's getting now. If she sold out and invested in an annuity, she could get about $70,000 a year tax free. No, I don't want to rush her into this. Then you've forgotten how we made our pile in the first place, my partner growled. Phil Cohn and I will have to talk this over. This is a fine time to go soft on us. I grinned at him. Go on, talk it over if you want out you're welcome i'd rather like you to stick around as i'm on to something really big and i don't want the street to say we fleeced our clients i resent that winnie wasson snapped what else would you call it reinvesting listen he exploded you built up this business you invented the methods i'm damned if i let you call me a swindler for following your lead and he stormed out slamming the door a moment later, he stuck his head in again. "'Forget it, Winnie. If you're working on a big operation, count me in.' I studied the list of the Finch investments again, and the more I saw it, the more I wondered how anybody but a fool would fall for the proposition of putting money in the government bonds for ten years when you could clean up outside government. There was a tap on the edge of my desk. I looked up to see Arthur Jean. "'Mr. Harcourt is back to see you,' she said. "'I'll get set with the stenotype. "'And don't worry about that Finch dame. "'I'll give you a fill-in later. "'She knows what she's doing.' "'Fine,' I told her. "'Now you show Mr. Harcourt in and make with the stenotype. "'Did you finish copying what we said yesterday?' "'Her mouth dropped open and her sweater quivered eloquently. "'Oh, my God, baby! "'I clean forgot!' Mr. Harcourt seemed much more vital and self-possessed than on the previous afternoon, perhaps because he had obviously had a sleep, a shower, and a hearty breakfast, presumably prefaced by ten minutes of vigorous push-ups and toe-touching in bathroom calisthenics. At any rate, he looked fit. "'Morning, Harcourt,' I said casually. "'Sorry to tell you that Miss Briggs was home with a bad headache last night and wasn't able to make that copy of our talk yesterday.' G-men on duty are not supposed to smile without written permission from their immediate superior, but Harcourt must have had an extra helping of Wheaties for breakfast. "'Call yourself a headache, Mr. Tompkins?' he asked. "'That's who our man reported Miss Briggs had last night, at 157 East 51st Street, third floor front. Can I get her some aspirin?' "'There are no secrets from the Gestapo,' I observed and i have no comment to offer except to say next time come on up and have a drink with us instead of doing the g-man in a cold and drafty doorway across the street the special agent gave an entirely unofficial wink at arthur jean oh hell he remarked what's the use of all this coy stuff the bureau isn't interested in your private life what i wanted to say mr tompkins is that i reported our talk to my chief and he teletyped my report down to washington we're not going to fool around with church street on this one the director's going to take it up direct with admiral ballister of the navy department for my part i told him i thought it was all a pipe dream but like i said the fbi doesn't believe in dreams that come true arthur Jean crossed the room and stood behind him pressing a little unregenerately against the back of his chair until harcourt remarked conversationally to u s grant in the engraving i'm a married man baby with a wife and kids in brooklyn my secretary smiled and gave him a smart tap on the top of his head you're a good boy junior she told him and i'm all for you but don't you go making trouble for this dumb boss of mine or i'll call on your wife personal and tell all harcourt murmured to the engraving that unconditional surrender was his name too but that tompkins was making so much trouble for himself that he was damned if he could see how the fbi could make it any worse in any case he added more directly he would keep in touch with me and let me know whether i was wanted up at the federal courthouse see here harcourt i replied one good turn doesn't make a spring "'This is the screwiest case you've ever been on. "'If you can drop in and visit Miss Briggs and myself "'on Saturday after lunch at our place, "'I'll give you a fill-in that will rock the FBI "'from its gats to its toupees.' "'That's mighty nice of you, and Miss Briggs,' "'the special agent allowed. "'If the chief lets me, I'll meet you up there, say, about 2.30.' "'Swell,' I said. "'And which do you prefer?' Scotch or rye? I don't drink on duty, he told me. But I find bourbon helps fight off colds this early spring weather. After his departure, I locked myself in the office and, with Arthur Jean's help, brought myself up to date on Winnie's business operations. Tompkins, Wasson, and Cone were not, as I had believed, a high-toned bucket shop. The proposed Finch swindle was only the result of a dopey old maid who practically insisted on helping beat the Axis by turning her money into government bonds. There was plenty of honest graft, and many a solid perquisite in straight commission work and supervision of estates. The firm was not, of course, very scrupulous, but it always gave value for its transactions. It was, in fact, a pretty slick setup. There was a buzz on my inter-office telephone, and the receptionist announced, "'Mr. Axel Roscommon, to see you, Mr. Tompkins.' "'Oh, ask him to see one of the other partners, will you?' "'I told him that you were too busy, but he said he must see you and would wait.' "'He too,' I asked. "'Okay, send him in. "'Do you know an Axel Roscommon, Arthur Jean? "'Uh-uh,' she shook her head. "'The name's sort of familiar.' something in oil before pearl harbor i can find out if you'll wait a bit never mind i told her i'll see him you stay in the next room and keep the door ajar so you can take a record she laughed <laughs> i can do better than that boss i'll switch down the inter-office phones and keep the door shut that way i'll hear every word you say it's like a dictaphone mr oscommon was an extremely well-set-up man in the middle fifties about six feet two lean with iron-grey hair a grey moustache steel-blue eyes and a bear-trap grip he looked prosperous but not worried by it he spoke with a faint irish lilt in his voice but his manner was most direct and unhibernian mr Tompkins," he remarked you must excuse a lack of formality but you'll understand when i tell you that i am chief of the german intelligence organization in the united states now don't think i'm crazy or indiscreet the only reason i have come to you is because my agents in the fbi tell me that you were involved in a sinking of the u s s alaska off the aleutians thorium bombs wasn't it chalmus was a pretty smart chap and i warned our people that he was getting hot now. I don't ask you why in Watton's name the Fuhrer thinks it makes sense to have two intelligence services in this country. Probably Berlin did not like my last reports. No, don't get excited. I've engaged in a subversive activities. I am an Irish free state citizen, and if you go to Washington you will find that they know all about me. Hitler may want the old gutter-dammerung spirits in our outfit, but I can't see the point of too much zeal.' I offered him a cigarette. "'What do you want to see me about, Mr. Roscommon?' I asked. "'For all you know, there may be dictaphones planted all over the place. My last visitor today was actually a special agent of the FBI.' Roscommon lighted his cigarette with a flick of a gold Dunhill lighter. "'Lots would be Harcourt.' A.J. Harcourt, wouldn't it? A fine chap, and a conscientious agent. I'd heard he'd been assigned to your case. You will find him completely reliable. As you know, in time of war there has to be some practical way of maintaining direct, confidential communication between the enemies. Switzerland? Bah! All milk chocolate profiteering and eyewash. I wouldn't trust the Swiss as far as I could throw the sub-treasury building. I'm acting here for Berlin, and you have at least three men in Berlin to keep in touch with the German government over there. That's the only practical way modern wars can be fought, eh? As Edith Cavell said last time, patriotism is not enough. The fact is that even in war, two great countries like Germany and America must, and do, maintain direct contact. I pushed the button for Arthur Jean. Miss Briggs, I asked, have we any brandy in the office? Deadpan and nonchalant, she crossed the room to a small safe, disguised as a Victorian lowboy, twiddled the dials, and revealed a neat little frigidaire. She prepared two brandies and soda, handed them to us, and returned to her office. Brosset, said I. Hire Rusefett, Roscommon answered. "'But what did you want to see me about?' I inquired. "'You may be all right, but I'm already under investigation by the FBI.' "'Nonsense, old boy, nonsense,' he reassured me. "'If they get troublesome, let me know. I'm in the phone book. "'And my girl will always know where to reach me, day or night. "'And I'll tell Washington to stop proceedings.' "'No, Tompkins. What I wanted to tell you was that, when you report back to your superior, and I'll lay ten to one he's that ass, Ribbentrop. Just tell him that the war's lost. Our game now is to salvage resources for the next war, which will be against Russia, unless I miss my guess. We've got to use these last few weeks and days to rush funds, patents, papers, brains, and organization out of the Reich. Send them to Sweden, to Switzerland, to Italy. Fly them to Spain slip them in u-boats to buenos aires or dublin tell ribbentrop that new york understands our problem and will play the game right across the board but there must be no shilly-shallying no nonsense about last stands if hitler wants a siegfried finish let him have it but from now on our job is to save germany as an asset for her western allies and as a people whom the world would need to fight the soviets "'Tell him that, will you, old man?' "'Thanks most awfully.' Roscommon finished his drink with an expert swirl of the glass, smiled, shook hands, and left the room as abruptly as he had arrived in it. I picked up the outside phone. "'Get me FBI headquarters,' I said. "'I wish to speak to Mr. A.J. Harcourt.' "'Thanks. I'll wait.' End of chapter 9